You're listening to the Weed Smart Podcast, where each fortnight we chat about dealing with those pesky weeds. Welcome to the last Weed Smart Podcast for 2019. I'm joined by my co-host, Pete Newman. How are you going, Pete? Yeah, great. Thanks, Jess. How are you? Really good. And we've had a fantastic year for the podcast. A great range of topics we've covered over the year. And there's been a great range of topics we've covered on our website as well with our content producer, Cindy Benjamin, doing excellent asking experts and bulletin board posts throughout the year, as well as case studies. And we're going to have a little bit of a reflection at the beginning of the podcast on some of the top performing podcasts and articles that we've produced throughout 2019. But before we get into that, we'll just give you a heads up on who we'll be catching up with on the podcast today. So, We're going to be hearing from Dolby Rural Supplies Precision Ag Specialist Jeremy Jones about the new weed at Quadro a little bit later in the podcast. And we're also going to be hearing from Stephen Mursky. He's a research ecologist with the US Department of Agriculture and he's part of a US group called GROW, which is a group of researchers in the ag space looking at integrated weed management technology. And they recently did a tour of Australia to look at what we're doing on farm. And Pete, you also participated and took them around in the WA region. So we're going to hear from you on how that tour went and we'll hear from Steve Mursky a little bit later in the podcast about that. But Pete, we've had a big year, haven't we? Let's talk about the reflections of 2019. We have, Jess. Yeah, it's funny when you sort of think you're just going week to week and you're not really focused on what you're covering and then when you reflect on it at the end of the year, you can really just see how many and varied topics we've been across this year. It's a great thing to do at the end of the year. Now, let's start with the top three Weed Smart podcasts. So, we've got a great range of subject matter which has popped up in the top three. The first one, the top performing podcast this year was our podcast called Ready Cop Weed Seed Impact Mill and Haymarket Overview. And then the next one was the podcast which looked at the new BASF actives which was derived from the Aussie bottle brush and then also the tech farm mills. And number three was uh, our podcast where we interviewed Roberto Busi about his new herbicide resistance test and also we talked about getting crop topping right. So that was our top three podcasts for the year. And excellent to see that there's a range of a range of topics that have been covered in those top three performing ones, isn't it, Pete? Yeah, Jess, they're all new innovations. So there's two new seed-destroying mills in there. There's um, a new herbicide and uh, a new herbicide resistance testing service. So a lot of new stuff. So obviously that might be why they were quite popular, Jess, but just great to see that you know agriculture is still innovating and still coming up with so many new things. Yeah, definitely. And thank you so much to all our podcast listeners throughout 2019 uh, for engaging with the podcast. Now, we've had a really great range of articles which have gone out through the Weed Smart website as well. And the top performing bulletin board post for this year was called Stacking the Big Six in a Strip and Disc System. Pete, why do you think that the Strip and Disc System is continuing to gain traction? Oh, people are just so excited about the, the yields and the moisture conservation that those um, farmers are achieving, Jess. It's, it's really impressive. Obviously, Greg Condon, who works with us in, in Nari and Weed Smart, is one of uh, the country's sort of leading experts on strip and disc farming. And uh, so we get a lot of exposure to the benefits with Greg. But yeah, just it just seems that they are storing a lot of moisture and achieving very big water use efficiencies. Uh, but it does come with its own weed control challenges because yeah, things are quite different in that system with all the residue on the ground. So Greg really talked about how to ensure that you can maintain good weed control in that system and not rely probably as heavily on pre-emergent herbicides as, as our normal farming system relies on. 
Definitely, and it's great to see as well that uh, the Big Six gets a big mention in that article as well because obviously we've changed over to the Big Six and we've got the Summer Big Six, which is now out. And so that's our, uh, yeah, all our, our mantra is in there, all the, the practical information for how to control weeds with non-herbicide and herbicide tactics. And so it's excellent that people have really engaged with our Weed Smart Big Six, isn't it, Pete? Yeah, and look, when we came up with the Big Six, we didn't sort of realise we were going to stick with it as conclusively and <laughs> for so long, Jess, but it just sort of seems to, to hit the mark. And the great thing about the Big Six is there's three herbicide and three non-herbicide tactics that make up the Big Six. So I guess a big part of that is really just highlighting those non-herbicide tactics and how they fit in with the herbicide tactics. And Pete, we also have got our metrics for Ask an Expert and the most popular Ask an Expert for 2019 was all about optical spray technology. The article which topped the list for 2019 is called What's the Latest in Optical Sprayer Technology? And it's with Jeremy Jones, who is on the podcast today as one of our guests. So nice and fitting. That was not planned. It just was what the metrics showed in our data. But yeah, obviously optical sprayer technology has made leaps and bounds in the last couple of years and it's yeah really competitive a competitive space right now isn't it Pete? Yeah it has Jess and as the listeners will hear from Jeremy in a minute both of the main suppliers Weed Weed Seeker and Weed It have really uh, upped the ante and come up with new technology this year and and as we'll hear in a minute Weed It have some great new technology so yeah it's little wonder that that was a popular article. Yes definitely Pete and we are going to do a final blog post for Weed Smart at the end of this week so make sure that you are subscribed to our blog you can subscribe on the Weed Smart website weedsmart.org.au if you're not subscribed already and we'll put together in a bit more detail what our top performing podcasts and articles were over the 2019 year so make sure you look out for that one because it's a really interesting read and if you missed out on one of the articles or podcasts which really topped the list you'll have the opportunity to go back and reflect but Pete let's move into the last podcast of the year now we're going to be hearing from Dalby Rural Supplies Precision Ag Specialist Jeremy Jones first and he is talking about the new Weed It Quadro which is uh, now available. Now Pete there's lots of great things about optical spray technology and part of it is the cost savings that you get from not using as much herbicide. Can you give us a little bit of an overview of some of the benefits? Yeah, Jess, I guess it's two big things. One is, yeah, we are trying to save costs, particularly in that summer fallow spraying or even winter fallow, but largely the summer fallow spraying time of the season because we are just targeting the weeds. But the other part of that is we can target those weeds with good, robust rates and make sure that we kill them. So when we're summer spraying, often it's in pretty tough conditions. It's hot and dry and, and the, you know, the weeds take a fair bit of killing and we always use just enough herbicide to kill them. So with the optical spraying, we can actually give them a full big lethal dose and, and make sure we get them. So yeah, it's, a, it's great technology and it has uh, really helped farmers. I think farmers are saving money, but they're also getting better summer weed control. And if you missed our last podcast, we did do a review. We did do an interview on the Weed Seeker 2. So this is a follow-up for the new Weed at Quadro technology. So if you want to go back and compare, definitely listen to last fortnight's podcast as well and you can get a great overview of both new machines. But let's take a listen and hear about the Weed at Quadro with Jeremy Jones, shall we? In this interview, we're going to catch up with Dolby Rural Supplies Precision Ag Specialist Jeremy Jones about the new Weed at Quadro. Jeremy does join me. How are you going, Jeremy? Very well, Jess. And uh, yeah, I just want to say thanks to the Weed Smart Group for having me up to Emerald to uh, discuss a few topics at the at the big day up there. It was it was a really good day. 
It was a pleasure to have you and really great information that you provided our audience there. And today we're going to get into the details about the new Weedit. Can you firstly just give us, though, an overview of Weedit technology overall? Sure. Uh, look, Weedit is a sensor-based system that uses a near-infrared light source to detect chlorophyll in plants. It's uh, done through a process called fluorescence. The sensors are spaced a meter apart across the boom at spacings of 20 centimeters for the nozzles on the red cameras or 25 centimeters for the, uh, the new weight quadro. Uh, when chlorophyll is detected under the sensor, uh, the sensor turns on the nozzle that's required to uh, to just treat the weeds. So this process allows growers to spray as little as 1% of their paddocks, you know, save up to 95% of the uh, the chemical that they normally use, but also save 95% of the uh, the water they normally use. So that's been a big thing lately. Yeah, excellent. And we did have launched the Quadro this year. What is new for this machine, Jeremy? Yeah, so look, with the weed that we've got out currently, uh, we've had over 10,000 sensors sold uh, in Australia since its release about five years ago, and the Quadro was uh, was launched by Croplands at Equip this year. Uh, quite a few differences, I guess. Uh, it's really built on the success that, that Weedit has and, and the, uh, I guess, the proving that it's done, that it's a, a very good system. The sensors are half the weight of what the red beam sensors are, so it's uh, it's been really good at getting that, uh, that weight down on the boom. The harnessing is down to basically a single plug on those sensors, uh, and it's a lot tidier with everything being wrapped, so that's just great for longevity and, and again, keeping the weight down. The Quadro offers a full PWM spraying system, so that allows us to do a dual mold application. So you can do a blanket spray of you know 30% or more, but then have it spike up to 100% when weeds detected. So that's just a real nice feature that we're going to have available. It's a 50 hertz solenoid, so it's able to run that PWM cycle, I guess, at, at 50 times per second. And I don't know of anybody else that's using a 50 hertz solenoid, so it's a really big advantage that the system has. Quadro will offer the use of triple nozzle bodies. Where that will be handy is if we do want to flick to a 110 degree nozzle uh, to do a blanket spray using the PWM. If we want to use a 40 degree 03 or maybe switch to a 40 degree 03 with a different uh, droplet spectrum for 240 applications, you're not running along the boom changing nozzles by hand. It's just clicking over those nozzle bodies. That's excellent. Yeah, so the, the sensors are still 1,100 mil from the ground, and what's really good with that is it gives us the uh, that good helicopter view, so we're nice and high, so we can see down uh, between the rows, and it really limits the shading. Uh, that's been a main concern of growers is, uh, you know, a meter apart, the shading going to be a problem, and we've spent hours out there running dye and, and proving to people that it really isn't a, a huge issue. So that being that high up has been a, a really big advantage. So each of the channels that it runs through that quadro are really only looking at 250 mil on the ground. So it's a very narrow channel that, that each area has or each uh, each sensor has, and it's really able to give that, that high resolution for uh, yeah, just making sure that we can get double or triple overlap with extra nozzles coming on to help control those hard-to-kill weeds. Yeah, excellent. And are there any other new additions? Because there's a lot, obviously, that has been upgraded to the sensors. Are there any other novel additions that have been made to the Quadro that are worth mentioning? Yeah, so uh, CropLance has just worked with a company called Agritop to develop a 40-degree 03 spot fan nozzle. So that nozzle uh, gives us that, that XC droplet cat- category, which means that we can spray 240 in the summer months. We did have a temporary permit in place for weeded applications last year with our standard 40 degree 03 as a coarse droplet, but uh, coming into this year with a nozzle available 
that permit just wasn't carried forward. So uh, it, that has come out. All right. Well, let's talk a little bit about how the weed it can help farmers deal with hard to kill weeds. Obviously, yeah, great technology. But how do farmers actually benefit from using a system like the weed it? Well, what we've run into lately is with these dry conditions is we've got constant growth of hard to kill weeds. And we're not getting the flushes that we'd like to see in, in higher rainfall times, but somewhere uh, we're finding moisture to get, uh, get flea bang growing at the moment. Uh, prior to this, we were dealing with uh, thistles coming through, uh, feather tops starting to poke its head up again. So we're finding you know, those big flushes of, of hard to kill weeds are the only ones coming through. Now to go out and do a blanket spray over everything means that we're using lower rates of chemistry and we're usually not getting you know, really good control. But by going out with the weighted, we're able to use high-end chemistries, target those chemical applications specifically onto the weeds, and uh, uh, just does a really good job of, of controlling those hard-to-kill weeds while also using different modes of action, different chemistries. So, for example, through the winter, we use a lot of BIFO uh, from New Farm, which is uh, a group N, an uh, expensive chemical to go out and spray as a broad acre application. But as we target you know, 2 or 3% of the area there and get you know, 2 to 3 times the, uh, the amount we've mixed onto some of those hard-to-kill weeds, we're really getting to that target of zero survivors, meaning that we're cleaning up the paddocks, but those weeds are not setting seed and you know, becoming less of a problem going forward. And it is a large investment, Jeremy, but what has the typical payback period been on weeded sprayers? When growers are, are looking at making an investment into a weeded system, we often find that we're, we're targeting you know, different platforms depending on the size of the grower. So around the downs here, the 13-meter uh, toolbars have been you know, very successful for us. But as you get further west, properties get bigger and growers are investing into the 36-meter system. So when we get the right size platform with the farm, we're finding that in chemical savings alone, in approximately two years, we're finding that that system is completely paid for. So it's a big call, but uh, the savings are there. But aside from the savings, we're also getting the water savings. Uh, we're also getting ahead of hard-to-kill weeds. So um, as much as we focus on the financial side because of the size of the investment, we're also seeing you know, a lot of other benefits that maybe aren't discussed as much. Definitely. And are there any other things you want to mention before we wrap up, Jeremy? Yeah, I guess with that new weighted that's coming out, uh, the weighted Quadro has a new blue light source. So it's at the opposite end of the infrared spectrum that's, that's measured by these sensors, meaning that we can run higher speeds, higher sensitivities, but not get the misfires. So, you know, we do have a lot of advantages that way. There's many features still being built into the Quadro since it's just been released. Uh, we're looking to have mapping available early in the new year. We've got height and yaw compensation already in the sensors, uh, but they're just developing the software to release that. And they're really close to offering third-party uh, controller display with section control. So, And things like that, as they get released, won't have additional charges or unlocks. It's just things that are already there. You know, weed is distributed by Croplands, which is owned by New Farm. Uh, New Farm's done a lot of work on the chemical side to ensure that we've got registrations for a lot of these chemicals. So everything that we're doing for optical spot spraying is on label. So it's been a really good partnership there. As I said, you know, we've moved over 10,000 sensors, or Croplands has uh, since its uh, release in Australia. So it's been a really solid system. And this Quadro is really just going to build on to that. And we were working together with a lot of growers or a lot of dealers in other areas like Eggtronics down in Gundy 
NFS Ag in Canada are just looking at different platforms and opportunities to uh, find something that fits growers in the region. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for giving us an overview of the new week. Really appreciate your time, Jeremy. Anytime, and have, Jeff. Yeah, have a lovely festive season as well because this is our last oh, podcast. Oh, you as well. Thank year. you very yeah. much and good luck with the heat wave in Perth. Thank you very much to Derby Rural Supplies. Precision Ag Specialist Jeremy Jones there giving us an overview of the Weed at Quadro, which is now available. Pete, Jeremy did speak about uh, the speed at which it can go. Do you know how fast exactly it can go? Well, I've just looked up their website, Jess, and it says up to 25 kilometres per hour. So that's quite an improvement. I think the fastest people were going was 16 or maybe 18 kilometres per hour at a stretch uh, with the older version and up to 25 uh, is brilliant. So obviously, particularly with summer spraying, farmers want to get over the ground as quick as possible and, and that's a big improvement. Jeremy also spoke about the ability to manipulate the rates and using low rates and high rates. What are some of the benefits there? Yeah, well, Jesse talked about PWM, which stands for uh, pulse width modulation and that is sort of technology out of the fuel injectors out of cars so the nozzles are turning on and off really quickly and I think he said 50 hertz and my understanding is that means up to 50 times a second it turns on and off and so that having that PWM on there allows you as he said to go at a low rate over the whole paddock and then just up to a big rate when it sees a big weed and I can think of lots of situations where that's going to be really handy Jess you might be just spraying your pre-emergent herbicides with a knockdown for small weeds but there might be a few large weeds in the paddock uh, and and that's a good way of killing them or it might be summer spraying and it is mostly small weeds with a few large transplants that need a big rate so I think that is going to be a really valuable feature to farmers getting once again better weed control and uh, and improving the cost savings again. Yeah, it's a very exciting space. And like we said at the top of the podcast there, make sure you listen to last fortnight's podcast as well to get the overview on the Weed Seeker too. And then obviously, yeah, great overview from Jeremy Jones there on the new weed at Quadro. But Pete, let's move on to our next interview. Now, we are going to be hearing from research ecologist Stephen Mursky. He's with the US Department of Agriculture. And he's also part of a group called Grow. And Grow came over and did a farm tour just the other week. And you were part of that farm tour. Can you give us a bit of an overview of what they were here? Yeah, Jess. I mean, they have a big government-funded research and extension uh, project running, and it's all about integrated weed management, and they've come to Australia to learn how we do it over here. Uh, Mike Walsh organised it and brought them around. I spent a couple of days in the field with them. It was really great to spend some time with the crew. We put on some good weather for them, though, Jess. We <laughs> hit 40 degrees every day, yeah. and, uh, but they were really good. They didn't complain once. It was a uh, very impressive, but yeah, so they were really out here seeing uh, how our farmers do it. Obviously, very different farming systems, but just that range of tools that, that our farmers are using, uh, including herbicide and non-herbicide tools, is what they are really interested in. And from the conversations that you had with some of the people that came over, was there anything that really stood out to them that they took away from your time with them? Well, we were really focused on harvest weed seed control in that second week of the tour when I was with them, Jess. And look, we saw everything. We saw three different seed-destroying mills. In uh, so, well, actually, they saw four. So they saw a HSD, a Redicop, a seed terminator and Tom Lewis's new experimental mill, so <laughs> all four of those. And they saw chaff lining and chaff decks and a chaff cart. So they saw just about everything in, in a couple of days flat, Jess, and they really were interested. 
they have some different challenges with harvest weed seed control in the US, which we'll get to in a moment, Jess. But interestingly, chaff lining is something that's really struck a chord with them. And there were four different chaff lining projects going on amongst the group. So I sort of get the feeling that the chaff lining might be their first way of testing harvest weed seed control in the US and then hopefully working up to having a working mill. Very interesting. All right, well, let's hear from Stephen Mursky. He's a research ecologist with the US Department of Agriculture and he was just recently over here with Grow doing the farm tours. Let's take a listen. Stephen, you're here on a farm tour. Can you give us some background on what the tour is all about and what you've been doing? Uh, yeah, we're uh, a lot of folks coming in from the U.S., but also another a bunch of different international uh, folks coming in from across the world to interact with this tour uh, that uh, was a two-week tour. The first week of the tour was really uh, highlighting the precision ag solutions, uh, focused certainly around weed management uh, in, the, in Australia. And so we've visited a number of universities universities and farmers where we've seen uh, various different autonomous robots and and, uh, AI machine learning applications for weed detection, identification and and mapping. And and so that was kind of the first part of this. And and, uh, the second half is really focused around harvest weed seed control, uh, seeing both from the researchers perspective what they're doing uh, and visiting with farmers to see it in action. Great. Well, we'll get a little bit more into some of the key takeaways for you in a moment, but can you just give us a bit of background on your position and, and what you do back home? Sure. Um, so I'm a research ecologist with the Department of Ag, and I'm in the Sustainable Agricultural Systems Lab. I'm a multidisciplinary trained, so I have a background in soil science, agronomy, and weed ecology. And so that's really the focus of my program is, is integrating systems and looking at a whole systems perspective to uh, dealing with the constraints. Uh, to develop more precise, more productive and sustainable cropping systems, uh, making them more efficient and have uh, less environmental impact. And and so a big part of what I do is uh, certainly some of the component research on my own station, but uh, what really excites me is is working in large regional and national teams to coordinate uh, research questions across the U.S. uh, on research stations and on farm and and focusing on, on a suite of constraints to production, not just weeds, but 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 water, nitrogen, weeds, insects, and disease. So we try to bring together teams to do that. Excellent. And so let's move into some of the key takeaways you've got from this farm tour so far. What really stood out for you for some of the things that you might be able to integrate back into farming systems back home? Uh, Well, just holistically, it's really exciting to see how organized uh, the research and farming and private sector is in Australia. There's really strong linkages across those different sectors of the ag space. And that has really created a, a really nice pathway from the R&D side all the way to the implementation and applications from the farmer side. And so I think that's been the most inspiring for me is seeing all that connectivity, uh, but certainly uh, really seeing some of the applications of the autonomous robots uh, has been so far what we've seen in this tour and how that's working in the you know weed management in the fallow-based systems. And that's been really uh, impressive. And you're part of GROW. Can you give us a bit of background on what GROW is all about? Sure. Uh, So uh, um, about uh, five, six years ago, uh, um, uh, the USDA Agricultural Research Service came out with a competitive uh, grant program internally to fund uh, what they call area-wide research. And the uh, implications of that work is not so much just doing basic research or even applied research, but really a heavy focus on technology transfer, moving it into the landscape and and extending that information. Uh, So I applied for that grant and we were successful. It creates about a five or six million dollar 
program over the last five or six years. And what that has done is created a distributed network of researchers from the university and from the agricultural research services side to uh, partner. Uh, and what these resources have permitted us to do is to do uh, um, common experiments across the U.S. And some of these are uh, longitudinal studies. So we've set up three long-term cropping systems experiments uh, distributed throughout the mid-Atlantic, north-central, south-central U.S. And then we have satellite universities in different states around those core locations that are doing complementary and supplementary uh, component research, all focused around integrated weed management and looking at different tactics, you know, non-chemical and chemical strategies. Uh, and a big emphasis of this was uh, a long time ago, we were starting to develop a relationship with Michael Walsh around uh, the Harrington Seed Destructor and, and Harvest Weed Seed Control as a, as a whole. And uh, that really inspired this project. And so we wrote a big grant that funded not just this multi-tactic, but specifically emphasis on harvest weed seed control. And so we have folks all around the U.S. that are partnering on uh, looking at solutions around harvest weed seed control as part of an overall integrated weed management program. But then we also have large extension and outreach programs that we're developing web content and videography of our different scientists uh, and trying to create a, a coordinated network that we can get continuous ongoing funding and, and support around these this mission. And so that's really who we are. And so GROW stands for Getting Rid of Weeds. Very cool. Yeah, we love that when you explain that in the uh, the meeting we had just before. Now, tell us a little bit more about how Harvest Weed Seed Control is being received in the States. We're very much on the uh, early stages of R&D with Harvest Weed Seed Control. There's a lot of interest from our growers, both from the uh, her conventional farmers with herbicide resistance, but there's also a lot of excitement in the organic community as well. And so there's a lot of buzz and energy from, from the farmers and, and from uh, ag professionals, uh, but the real implementation of this and, and operationalizing this, that's where we are right now. Uh, we're a very different systems. You know, you're, this has been working really well in, in really dry, hot conditions in a summer harvest in wheat. And that's a very different environment than our falls, for example, in a soybean harvest where we're trying to uh, work where we have you know wetter crops, wetter and cooler moisture conditions and a lot of uh, green weeds still. So getting uh, the uh, that material through the HSD has been a little bit of a challenge. Uh, and so we've been also exploring a lot of chaff lining options and so other types of harvest weed seed control. And is there any other pointers or things that you think might interest Australian growers to know about uh, how US growers are dealing with weed control? Or anything novel or different that you've sort of noticed about the farming systems that it stood out? Just like any, any final comments you might have? Well, I think that what, uh, uh, you know, both Australia and the U.S. are, are looking at integrated strategies uh, and the, the U.S. has certainly a lot of emphasis on multi-tactic integrated weed management with a, a, a historical heavy focus on seed bank management. Uh, I think what's really been um, advancing kind of that those strategies in the U.S. is that, that uh, there's a lot of emphasis around fitting cover crops into the system. So throughout the U.S., cover crops have been a key focus for conservation of soil and resources and water, uh, but we're seeing an enormous amount of energy all around weed management. There's a lot of growers who are looking to cover crops and a lot of weed science researchers now developing solutions around how to fit cover crops into the system. So I'd say cover crops are one of the key tactics in weed science that the U.S. has really been pushing hard at. Okay, very interesting. Well, you're about to head off on a tour around WA Farms, so I hope it goes really well and there's a great information exchange along the way as well. Thanks so much for taking the time to chat. I really appreciate you having me. 
you very much to Stephen Mursky there, research ecologist with the US Department of Agriculture, and he was over here with the Grow Group. Now, Pete, Steve spoke about a range of things in that interview, and the group Grow saw a range of different technologies across their Australian tour. But there are some challenges for the US compared to Australia. There is some challenges specifically to do with harvest weed seed control and, and how it might work in their farming systems. What are some of those challenges, Pete? Yeah, there's a couple of big ones, Jess. One is that they grow their crops in summer and harvest going into winter, so the conditions are getting cooler and damper as, as the harvest progresses in a lot of the areas, uh, and so they are feeding damp material into their harvesters, and that damp material tends to block up the mills. So there's quite a bit. Uh, maybe we just need to keep refining it and work on systems that will work and a, and a mill that will work under those damp conditions. And the other big challenge is with corn crops, the corn front on the harvester that rips the ears off the, off the corn plant doesn't really uh, capture the weed seeds very well. So they do think that there are things that they could do there to improve that, but the, with the most of the machinery, the way it's set up now, their fronts for harvesting corn aren't great for catching weeds. The good news is they've got weeds that are tall and hold onto their seeds at harvest. So they have the right sort of weeds for harvest weed seed control. We just need to work out how to do it in their conditions. And great that they came over and there's lots of cross-collaboration there and learning from each other. So it's an excellent opportunity to just, yeah, find out a little bit more about how different parts of the world are tackling weed issues and, yeah, appreciate their time. They came out to Ari, so I got to meet the group as well. It was great hearing from them and, and their experiences. But um, that's just about it for our podcast for the last one for 2019, Pete. Uh, we've at the top covered what our most popular podcasts and articles for 2019 were and it was a range of different topics which is great to see and yeah lots of interest in new technology Pete so it's great that uh, we're able to bring the latest to our audience and we are really thankful for our engaged podcast audience sticking with us throughout the last couple of years that we've been doing this podcast it just keeps growing and that's because people keep tuning in so it's been a great year for the podcast and for WeedSmart in general uh, what were some of the highlights for you Pete? Oh, the new technology, Jess, I was just sitting here thinking there's been so much new technology, which were our most um, popular podcasts, and I just hope that 2020 delivers as much new tech as we've seen this year, and yeah, it's really exciting space, and it's just great that all the companies that are rolling out that tech are happy to speak with us and, and, and show us what they've got. For me, some of the highlights were obviously the Weed Smart Week events that we had and speaking to growers and engaging with them and, and hearing about how they're adapting to this new space and the new technology that is available to them. And it's always great to have a chat with people at events when and when we're out and about uh, in the field. We've got obviously a number of extension agronomists, Paul McIntosh in the northern region, Curly and Greg Condon in the southern region and yourself, Pete, in the western region. So if you do see us out at events with our Weed Smart shirt, on do come and say hello and yeah just a big thank you to everyone who's engaged in the weed smart program we look forward to bringing you more content in 2020 to help you tackle weeds so thank you so much yeah and thanks to all our listeners jess uh, great having you listening and tuning in regularly and let's just hope that 2020 is a lot better for most of you it wasn't a great season for the vast majority of australian farmers so Fingers crossed for a better year next year and I hope you all have a safe and Merry Christmas. Definitely enjoy the festive season and we'll see you in 2020.